0: analyzed 59 customer groups. And in 74% of those cases, they said something related to product price and product reliability is the most important thing for them. But again, our models and structural equation modeling and statistics, predictive analytics show that actually what drives the most value are those emotional aspects.
1: Welcome back to the CX Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Rose Earhart. On today's show, we're talking emotion with Zecho Dobrev, the author of The Big Mess, How Organizations Overlook the Value of Emotions. Now, he's also a customer experience and behavior science consultant and trainer. Zecho, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Amelia. I'm thrilled to be here with you.
1: Well, I can't wait to learn how this topic of emotions and business came to be your fascination and your interest. So can you tell us a little bit about what sparked your interest?
0: Sure. So for the last 13 years, I've been working with a company called Beyond Philosophy. And there's a story that they tell many years ago, maybe 50 years ago, they were working with this German insurance company. And executives told them, the problem with you guys is that you have religion. You believe that these emotions are important. I don't have religion. Proves to me that emotions are indeed important in business. And they did research with London Business School with several professors, and they found that indeed, emotions drive value in business. But here's the thing. So just about that time, I joined the company, and now it's 13 years later, and I wrote this book. But the reason I wrote it is because in these 13 years that I've been working with so many organizations, many of them are well-known, leading brand names, and there's only about one or two companies that have really measured emotions and have a strategy and a good understanding about how emotions affect the behavior of their customers. Again, my research and that of many others show that emotions are indeed so important in business and we can prove it and they drive a lot of value for organizations. And yet hardly any organization has a strategy that is based on science and data about evoking targeted emotion. So that is why I'm a bit fascinated about this subject. I think it's a big miss there.
1: I think you're so right, because as humans, we all know what emotional decision making is like in life. But in your work, you're tying it directly to business. So tell us some of the specifics about why emotions are so important in business.
0: If you're familiar with the work of behavior scientist, Professor Daniel Kahneman. So he says that Customers don't choose between experiences, they choose between the memories of the experiences. So when it comes a time for you to renew your insurance or get another phone, buy another car or something, you don't base that choice based on the experience because you have had those experiences, like all year of the insurance and the number of years of driving your car. Your decision, based on the memories of that decision. And guess what? There's research that shows that actually emotions are very closely associated with memories. And I guess there could be neurological and other explanations, but I think this is one of the explanations why emotions matter so much. And I think this whole idea about uh, memories is another overlooked area. And again, something else that Professor Daniel Kahneman that says is, is that what people typically remember is the peak experiences, which could be positive or negative, and endings. In our line of work, we have found that those two areas are very, again, overlooked areas because many organizations leave those peak experiences to chance and they don't have a deliberate design for those endings as well.
1: Right. And I'm sure it's incredibly difficult to quantify emotions, right, as an experience. How do you even begin documenting those things? We're going to break down one of the myths that you define in your book. And it's often said that organizations need to listen to customers. You say that that may be a myth. Do customers really know what they really want?
0: That's the thing that oftentimes and this is proven with a lot of research and behavior science that people don't know actually what they want, but we are never short of answers. For my book, we analyzed 59 customer groups. And in 74% of those cases, they said something related to product price and product reliability is the most important thing for them. But again, our models and Structural equation modeling, and statistics, predictive analytics show that actually what drives the most value are those emotional aspects. But only 2% of customers said something about emotion is most important. Let me give you some examples. For example, with patients, we did research with patients of a hospital system. And, you know, you go to the doctor, you have to drive and pay for parking and copay with insurance and wait all this time to waiting and everything just to see the doctor for a little while. So customers say. Most important thing for us is the amount of time the doctor spends enough time with us. Okay? Rational. But our research again shows that it's not the quantity of that time that is spent, but it is the quality, how that time is spent. Like whether the doctor acknowledges your concerns, listens to you, shows empathy, takes a moment to get to know you as a person. So those were actually the things that drive the most value. We can show you a lot of examples, but time and time again, people say rational things, we want product price something. But it's actually some emotional aspects that drive their behavior. This is one of the myths that people say you need to listen to your customers. And many companies are following the trap of that. Just sometimes listening to customers could be deceiving.
1: Right. It sounds like you're looking for those unspoken signals from the customers, which can be so hard to find. But they do hold such a high value. I mean... I received a new credit card recently, and it felt so heavy in my hand. And I thought, wow, this feels more important. So I felt that emotion. I can absolutely relate. So talk about the current organization standpoint. Do organizations have a strategy around customer emotions right now in most groups?
0: This is one of the things that I started with. In all these years, there was one leading American organization that called us in 2013 and said, Guess what, guys? We did our research and we found that emotions actually were the biggest job for them. So they called us, let's do something. This was their research. And we said, well, surprise, surprise, Professor Antonio Damasio has been doing this research since the 70s. We did our research for the bulk since 2007. And we've been talking about these things. Like I said, only one organization is doing that. And our research shows that emotions account for about 50% of the value. So if you are not measuring those, if you don't pay attention To those, you're missing 50% of the big picture. What got me on this research was something I was thinking. If you Google customer journey maps, you see most organizations, pretty much everyone is doing journey mapping. Most organizations follow this infinity customer lifecycle loop. So you start branding, advertising, learning about the products, getting on board experience and purchasing the product, using the product. You have customer service, communications, billing and payment, and things like that. And this is what most organizations are mapping. But I'm thinking, well, where in this journey map is the place for mapping how you develop deeper relationships or emotional attachment with customers? And most organizations they just focus on the steps, like customers doing this, this, and that. And I think they're missing this big picture that actually what matters is that you create this feeling of an emotional attachment with a customer throughout this journey. Most organizations are. Not asking themselves this question. They're just asking, well, how do we get customer from step one to two, three, and four?
1: In your opinion, you say that a lot of the CX programs are failing to deliver results because of that discrepancy, right?
0: Yeah, so there was something really interesting. The American Customer Satisfaction Index shows that actually customer experience started to decline a little bit before COVID and that really accelerated that downwards trend. And what they say is that customer experience Is declining. And now Forrester says that maybe 20% of organizations will stop their CX programs. And I'll go back to this American Consumer Satisfaction Index. So what they're saying is that the reason this customer experience failed to deliver results is not for the lack of investment and efforts. It's not for the lack of data. It's for the analytics employed to turn that data into information. So that's what the American Consumer Satisfaction Index says. And I agree with that. These analytics, they may be deceived by what customers say they want. We'll, I'll go a little bit above that and say it's not only the analytics, but it's also what is measured. So if you don't take emotions into account, if you don't look at these subconscious aspects of the experience that drive customer behavior, you won't find the real drivers of those metrics that everyone is measuring.
1: Well, from your research and just chatting with you today, I'm picking up on a lot of opportunity here, right? Looking into the future for organizations in terms of this emotional research about their customers, what do you think the future holds for CX and how we can get better at this?
0: On one side, it's a bit worrying. Nowadays, industry has grown so big and there's like so many people, but they need to go back to the science of doing customer research, right? Finding the, the real drivers of customer behavior, understanding things. But when it comes to the future, for me, the really interesting part is creating this fusion between data, behavior science, and AI technology to analyze that data. Essentially, we have data, AI technology to analyze that data, and behavior science to design these glitches in, in this new experience.
1: So talk to me more about how AI and machine learning can factor into bringing all of these emotions into play and helping make organizations lead to better choices.
0: It's about creating a fusion between data, using machine learning and AI to analyze that data, and behavior science to design the experience based on the science of customer behavior. And that science of customer behavior includes emotions Because, again, science knows that emotions drive a great deal of of customer behavior. So now companies are building these machine learning models. I think the danger there is that, again, science knows that emotions affect customer behavior. But if you don't have emotions into those predictive models, then they won't be so accurate. And it's really interesting. Now, there's these companies that can go and look at a machine learning model. And they can say, okay, well, this is kind of like you have a Mercedes car. But now we are this AMG company. We're gonna take your car and improve it a little bit for a better performance. We are now partnering with organizations like that, and they found that there was this predictive model that was giving something like eleven percent or something better conversion. But with the added emotion, they increased it to something like eighteen percent better conversion rates, and so so again, this shows that including emotions into those predictive models could be very powerful and. Vice versa, if you don't include emotions, well, it's not a real representation of the real world. So you're going to get some distortion in the results.
1: Right. It sounds like adding those layers of complexity within your data can really lead to some big results, which every organization is after. So it sounds like that's the direction to head. Now, as we start to wrap up here, I want to ask a bit of a controversial question and would love for you to elaborate on this. Is CX in danger of dying, in your opinion?
0: It's something that is coming to my mind now, having seen these predictions of 20% of CX programs would be cut. And again, what I see recently is a lot of organizations focusing, everyone is doing some sort of tracking numbers and dashboards. And there's a quote I like that, dashboards is where data goes to die. So I'm really starting to feel worried that so many of these programs not delivering results, that CX is in danger of turning into something else or just like what happened with CRM and people moving to something else. But at the same time, I'm actually right now a judge of customer experience awards in the insurance sector. And I'm reading some of the entries and there's really some companies that have like 90% retention with their customers. And this is in the insurance sector where typical attrition is high. And I see companies that focus on customer experience with 60% growth over the last five years. So it's clear that When customer experience is a strategy and vision for the whole organization and it's part of the culture and the DNA, it is working. But when it's just focused on the number and not really understanding the science about what drives customer behavior, not really understanding the key aspects and not being part of the culture, then it's failing. So I'm worried about customer experience, but this is where there'll be like natural selections. The ones that really get it will succeed. And the others is just like, Failing, um, investing, and not getting results.
1: That's exactly where my mind went. It sounds like survival of the fittest, right? We must evolve to get the best analytics and research from that data that we're collecting. Well, Zesho, this was a really great conversation. For folks who want to get a hold of a copy of your book to learn more about how emotion can play into better results going forward, why don't you let us know where we can get in touch and pick up a copy for ourselves?
0: Sure. Sure. Well, it's available in Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and the other retailers. You can also find me on LinkedIn or Beyond Philosophy's website, Twitter, you can follow me there. So lots of ways to stay in touch. I'm really glad to hear what other people are thinking and connect.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for the great conversation today.
0: Sure. Thank you, Amelia. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. This podcast is brought to you by NICE, the world's leading cloud CX platform. Go to NICE.com to learn more about our innovative and comprehensive end-to-end CX solutions. That's NICE.com.